everybody. Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm your host, Chris Sachs, alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back. New show to discuss this week, everybody. New show to discuss, and this is our 25th episode. The Drive for 25. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, first things first. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out in mere days. The next show for all MCU fans to obsess over after WandaVision. Um, They've released a bunch of trailers, uh, including one new one from this week. So I think we're going to do, we'll do a little trivia in, in a few minutes. But first, I'd like to talk about just like, first impressions of the trailers kind of what our expectations are going into the show um maybe a little background into what's already happened in the mcu stuff like that so what what has been like your first impressions on based on what you've seen so far and heard here's my thing here's my first impression like for again as always i'm just glad these things exist glad we live in a world where they exist but i definitely think it's going to be a different tone than uh wandavision i don't think it's going to be so mysterious um it's going to be an action like a buddy cop uh comedy show i think mm-hmm. i think that's their i think that's what they're playing for from what i saw the trailer i that's what i feel like it's buddy cop drama or not drama but buddy cop like kind of franchise and i think the crux is who gets to wear the mantle more so than the villains. Like, I think the villains are going to be a big deal, but I think the drama of the show is going to be who, who gets to be the next Captain America. Like, who's going to wear the, you know, they're going to have a little back and forth, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think, you? too, like, at least what I like about what I'm seeing in the trailers is it seems like it's almost a, like, a, a season-long, like, action buddy movie, like a buddy cop movie type of thing. Or type of vibe that they've got Definitely. going on especially with kind of the banter witty banter that they've got going between them which i think is a really cool dynamic for them to do and something that like because when you look at all of the individual um mcu movies you could see like different genres that they decided on when they were making the movie so for instance you could take like the first Ant-Man is like a heist movie, right? And then you have um, like the, the Spider-Man movies, at least the, the first couple are kind of like uh, like high school movies within a superhero movie and things of that nature. And right. they haven't done the buddy cop, quote unquote, movie yet. And I feel like this that's what this is. I, I agree. And I think the secret weapon, although he, he's not present in the trailers, is the curmudgeonly exasperated like police commissioner who's tired of their antics and yep. wants to take them off the street and the perfect guy is nick fury the perfect guy is samuel L. jackson i mean he's right. spot on so i hope they work that in i'd love to see that yeah I, I i would love to see that too and it we might be getting kind of a nick fury type of buddy mo- movie show thing with secret invasion too because it's also him true. and yeah. and uh what's his face ben mendelson mm-hmm. um how about 
kind of the the villains that you've seen so far in in the trailers at least that have been revealed so we know what's been revealed uh one has been baron zemo he's coming back um and uh, Daniel Brühl is the actor who plays him. He played him in Captain America Civil War. He is now back for this show with his um, signature mask, it looks right. like, in the trailer, which is awesome. And we have some version of Flag Smasher or the Flag Smashers. Which... <sighs> Not that it's like, so it's interesting because Captain America is such a big franchise and they're going to pull a lot from that. Then you've get these the kind of the offshoots, the sidekicks, the Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, Falcon. But the villains, other than the Red Skull, kind of take a dip because it was mm-hmm. also like, you know, there was those years where he's you know that the whole reason he was invented he's punching out hitler and fighting you know nazis and all this other stuff um so i'm curious to see how well they're gonna stick the landing um again spoiler alert like in wandavision agatha was an interesting choice and now people are aware of her and looking up her backstory and everything else so i think that's what they're doing here. They're taking some people that have been on the bench for 40 years and throwing them in Baron Zemo. I, I put in the, in the category of, uh, you know, uh, like just a rung under red skull. Cause people know Baron Zemo, like they've, they, they're aware of him. Um, right. And then we've seen him in the movies. So I'm excited. He's coming back. I'm excited. They're giving him the look like, just go for it. Um, but the f- see, I am more interested in Flag Smasher because I think that will be an interesting road to go down. Um, kind of a like not really a a uniformed threat yet in the in the uh, trailer. Kind of a grungy underground deal. I don't know. You know, I'm curious. I'm just curious how we're gonna introduce him. Like Baron Zemo, we know his deal, but I'm curious how they're going to drop Flag Smasher in. Yeah, and I wonder how they kind of tie in together too. Like is is Zemo, you know, from the trailers, he says something about, uh, to the effect of that like heroes, superheroes aren't good for the world. So like his first, um, his first kind of motivation in Captain America Civil War was that, the the avengers were the reason why his family died because right. it was from and he, sokovia he he lived near sokovia and when it fell and everything he his family died in the aftermath um now it seems and he tried to kill himself at the end of that movie and black panther didn't allow right. it um right. so now he's somehow escaped imprisonment and it seems like it's just all of superheroes. He's now against the idea of superheroes in general. It seems like um, we'll have to see kind of how that plays out. If he has any tie-in with the Flag Smasher group, um, it doesn't look like we're getting the same version of Flag Smasher um, in the MCU as we're getting um, as we got from the comics because the comics, from the right. comics he was like a middle-aged man and in the mcu it looks like the main flag smasher is a you know 20 year old 
girl. Yeah. Um, so very different. I don't know if this she is the flag smasher trying to like portraying that character, or if it's like a group of flag smashers. In the comics, they were called Ultimatum. Right. Um, but essentially that's what it seems like. Well, it's an interesting road to go down. It also gives us if you know if they handle it right, it's another you know, organization to fight. You had all the Hydra business, you know, people have kind of moved on. Now you get ultimatum. We've got sword, which is not necessarily villainous, but it's there. Like, I, I, I like this notion. I like this idea. The other thing, just before we move on, that I think will become an, uh, uh, a plot device is like, you know, guilt over not being a fan of Captain America anymore. Here's what I mean. There's all this pomp and circumstance around Captain America who, who's gone, you know, who's older and this and that and gone. And it feels like, you know, America's remembering, but these two are kind of left behind. And and then there was the line in there, you know, we need someone to look up to or we need someone to, you know, another another Captain America. So I think right. those two are going to be like, yeah, we loved him. He was our partner. We, we you know, we, he led us into battle. We had, we did this great thing, but you know, let's move on everybody. I think that's right. going to be a, mm -hmm. a plot device, which I'm interested to see how they work. Yeah. And that's something that's been done. Like it's been done multiple times in oh, the, the comics where it's like yeah. Captain America for one reason or another, Steve Rogers decides, decides to not be cap Captain America anymore or, dies and isn't captain america anymore like he's been yep. replaced multiple multiple times um originally with it looks like what's ha gonna happen in this and the speculation because we know that the character john walker has been cast he takes the mantle of mm -hmm. captain america in the comic books he's originally super patriot right um so the 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 creators of john walker and super patriot essentially wanted to create a hero not a hero necessarily but more of an anti-hero that was the opposite of captain america i i think it's a shame that um bucky barnes is going to get screwed maybe we don't know yet we don't know, but I feel like that's the way it's going, and it would have been nice. You know, so they were. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit too, um, right. because it's interesting that you say that. So, anyways, we'll let's we'll get in. into let's that. Let's dive into the trivia. Let, let's let's do the, let's do the trivia, and then we could touch on all this stuff. Um, so first, just a little a little comic book history for you. All right. Who is the first? african-american superhero the first african-american superhero um any chance you have a time period um it is the 70s the 70s i would say in the 1970s the the black panther Funny enough, most late most would think. Oh, actually, I, I'm. It's not the 70s. It's the the late 60s. Either way, mm -hmm. um, it is 
most would think it was Black Panther, but Black right. Panther technically not African American. Oh, African trick question superhero. So it was actually the Falcon. Sam Wilson uh, was the uh, first uh, African American superhero to debut in Captain America 117 okay. in 1969. 1969, first African American. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. Look at you starting yeah, off with the curveball. Starting with the curveball. Okay. All right. In the comic books, Sam Wilson has an actual pet falcon that he mm. can communicate with and use in his superheroing and all this stuff. In the MCU, it's a drone. They updated it for today's time. What is right. the name of Falcon's Falcon? Mm, do I have? Do we have like options? We do not have options this time. We are going My straight goodness. up. Straight up, no multiple choice. The fa. Mm. Well, I remember the owl. What's his name? Merlin's owl was Archimedes. I don't know if he named the Falcon <laughs> Archimedes just as a tribute. He did not. Uh, Damn. All right. It, I'll, I'll give you a hint. No. It's a, a, a hint. color and a bird part put together. Oh, it's like talon or something beak or uh, hmm. you're, oh, something you're on wing. the track. You're it's, on the track. It's the something wing, right? It's the uh, it's not black wing. It's um, is it? No. What is it? Red wing. Ah, oh, damn. Very close. Very close. It is Red Wing in both Red the comics Wing. and the... Uh, uh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Red Wing. Um, okay. In Captain America Winter Soldier, mm. we get our first encounter with the Winter Soldier when he chases down Nick Fury in a big car chase and then yes. later on appears to assassinate Fury in Captain America's apartment. Yes. In the comic books, who was the Winter Soldier's "Quote unquote debut assassination." The first debut. person we see Winter Soldier kill in the comic books. I feel like I know. I what what are, what are you thinking right now? And that will dictate what hint I give you. Well, I was thinking it has to be a so I don't think it's Nick Fury because I think that'd be too easy. It's a. Uh, I want to say it's like Captain America or Steve Rogers. It's not, but it's not. Yeah. That's later on, I believe. So his debut assassination. Oh, was it like uh, the fictional president at the time? It was not. It is a character that, you know, it is a villain, a villain, a Captain America villain. Mm-hmm. Well, Winter Soldier, so it's definitely not Red Skull because that's years before, in theory. Is it Red Skull? Couldn't. It is Red Skull. How could it be? I guess they do they, overlap. Oh, he's recycled all the time, he man. He's recycled. Just, they've, they've all been the 30 lines. years right. old for I'm taking that as a 70 win. years. That's another thing, man. That's another reason why I feel like Bucky is getting the short end of the stick. He's the last remaining character to have fought in World War II, like to have been with 
Captain I guess, America and then to you, yeah. from that time period. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Well, here, so, here's something well, for one you. One for three. Yeah. In the comic books, prior to John Walker being decided uh, or being landed on as uh, the replacement for Captain America, mm-hmm. there were two other contenders that were in consideration for the Captain America mantle. Who were the other two candidates? Well, it was Bucky Barnes. It was not because, again, but this is we're talking the the seventies or the eighties right now. So Bucky <sighs> Barnes didn't come back as Winter Soldier until the, the early two thousands. That's right. So Bucky Barnes is dead. Bucky's dead. Think about Captain America's circle. Well, so you got Who Falcon. Yes. Yeah, so he's one of the two. Who One was the, the second person? The second person is a little like when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But. Well, at the time, it couldn't be Nick, right? Couldn't be Fury, is it? It is Nick Fury. Nick I'm going to give you that I guess one. So. Yeah, I'm taking that. I'm going to give it to you. It was Nick Fury. But in the comics, he decides, you know, it would be a step down in power for him, for him to yeah. be Captain America. And he feared that he was too old for the job likely too old all right so we're it's 50 50 50 here this is the this is the clincher last question this is the one last one who is the first sorry in the comic books Mm. who became captain america first out of all the times that the captain america mask was changed over to someone else who got to this moment first was it Bucky Barnes or was it Sam Wilson? Both of those characters have been Captain America, but which one was Captain America before the other? All right. Bucky was the sidekick, but he goes missing during the war. Not to return till later. So I, I'm, I'm going to say... But then again, even though even though Falcon was with him longer, is it a third party? Let me ask you that. I'm just comparing. So neither of them was the first person right. to replace Captain as Captain America. Just it's, between the two of them, not looking at oh, anyone who was, else who who yeah. was who got to be Captain America oh, before the other. I think it was Falcon. It was not. It was Bucky. It was Bucky? Yeah. And this is why I say Bucky is not getting shortchanged in the MCU. Because okay. Falcon was around with Cap since the late 60s. Right. And not once did not he once. get to be Captain America not for once. almost you know, almost 40 years he wasn't able to be Captain America. And yet Bucky Barnes comes along and after being in, on ice for forty plus years, gets and all of a sudden right he's ca- he gets to jump right in, and he's Falcon's left like, "What the hell? Bucky. What the heck, man?" Um, Falcon was with them for for years without Bucky, so that's why I say Bucky is not shortchanged because they're making up for the um, for the mistake that they made in the comic books uh, in that's MCU. Fair. That's fair. All right. Interesting. I'll take this loss this week. That's all right. It's a, there's going to be more. There's going to be more previews. Rattled me. There's going to be more previews as, as we go on. And 
we'll do some more cool trivia and next time i will i'll make it multiple choice for you so that you Bless can you. you know have a little bit of a better shot let's do some rolling or trolling shall we we shall okay rolling so starting off the showrunner for wandavision mm-hmm. has answered fans uh, concerns or queries you know yeah curiosity as to why mephisto did not appear in wandavision and what did he say here is what he said explain himself. he didn't think this series needed a big bad continuing the big bad is grief you know, and that's the story that we're, we were telling. And then we got a bonus baddie in the form of Agatha Harkness, who ended up facilitating Wanda's therapy. So, yeah, I think we feel pretty good about that. End quote. I'm trolling. How <laughs> dare he? Oh my God. Okay. Number one, I, we don't need some lesson in grief. It's 2021. Okay. We all understand grief. We lived through this past year together. All right. That, you know, he, and, and he just confirmed all my complaints about the last episode uh, of WandaVision. Like she's facilitating her therapy, her, you know, coming to realization moment. No, that's ridiculous. Number one, uh, it's a comic book show. Okay. You want to tell a story? Yeah, fine. You want to have a message? Absolutely. A lot of these comic books had messages, helped a lot, you know, kids, put them on the right path. Absolutely. That was their purpose too. But don't pretend like, oh, well, th- we're just, we're going to make a commentary on life and re- hold a mirror up to society and blah, blah, blah. Stop yourself. Well, I don't know if that's just what he's doing. Yourself. I think he's explaining what the theme of the show was. I think people... They people got so caught up in the in the fan theories yeah. that like it got lost that like the 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 showrunners had like I give them a pass here in in this case as far as like people upset about Mephisto and here's why because the showrunners when they were creating the show were not thinking about what fans might conspire and theorize will happen Uh they were like we are going to tell this story wanda is current wanda after all that she happened that happened to her right she would be in this place which will spur these events Mm -hmm. which will then end this way right and the place that she was in is a place of extreme grief right okay so it's like okay a person like this a super powered witch person is so filled with grief what would the result of that be what would her next action be and stuff like that and that's how they get into the story and i think it's very very much in line with how wanda is in the comic books as well so Mm -hmm. like i get it wasn't typical that like we didn't have a quote-unquote big bad because that's not typical of mcu movies in general um but like I understand what they were going for, and I kind of feel bad for him that like things got taken away 
because of fan theorizing. Like, I don't like not saying that it's a yeah. wrong of fans to theorize or not. It's just like one of those things that's it just happened and it sucks for think, all parties. I, yeah, I don't think the problem was the fans. I think I don't think they, they're the problem either. I think he's it's more circumstantial. His horn so hard, he's going to pull a muscle. I, you know, I just think it's 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 blowhardiness. Okay. Well, and I think I just I, think they missed they missed a step. They were like, ah, crap. We should have put Mephisto in and done something. But you know what? We'll say this. Trolling. See, I don't think I don't think, I don't agree with that. I I don't agree with that. I think they're actually res- they're giving a legitimate answer. Whether you like the answer or not, I think this is an actual like answer to why you didn't get. I'm sure they're being asked why wasn't there this? Why wasn't there this? Why wasn't there this? And they're saying this was the story we were telling, like. In our minds, this was the thing that Wanda had to overcome, and the bad guy ended up kind of being Agatha anyways. But the whole point was for it to be like, I don't know, like, is Wanda bad or not? Like, that that was the whole thing. So I wanted to watch my dinner with Andre. I would watch that. Um, James Gunn Mm -hmm. shut down a a reporter uh, or a report from the Illuminati. <laughs> okay. They that tweeted out awesome. their article saying exclusive Adam Warlock casting is currently underway for guardians of the galaxy three um, end tweet. And then their article went on to say that they were looking for a Caucasian male and a Zach Efron type. Interesting. Here is how gun responded. Quote, there is no casting underway for volume three. And in what world would I only cast a quote unquote Caucasian if the character has gold skin? And if I wanted a Zac Efron type, wouldn't I go to Zac Efron? Where do you get this nonsense? Where do you get this nonsense? So A, interesting. I have always wanted to see what they're going to do with that character. I'm rolling with it. However, that just guaranteed that they're not going to cast um, a white guy. I think he's going to do it like and just and stick it to the fans too. So I don't now, know if the, he's going to be in pick? it. I I don't think he's going to be in it. You based don't on that response. No, I think they've been playing that unless so he's much being like technical. Gotta... Like we're not casting right. anyone for Volume Three because they've already cast it. Maybe, right. but I think it's just going to be. I don't know who. I don't think it guarantees that there won't be someone white playing the character. I, I, mean, I just think matters. it's going to be just... like. I think it'll just be whoever fits the character. I don't know right. that much about Adam Warlock, so it's, it's I can't interesting... really give you yeah. a someone who I think would play him well. I'm going to think about this, so I'll I'll roll with that. Good for him because I I think if, right he's got gold skin, so it could be anybody. It's yeah. not, you know, Very it's not fair. a white character with gold skin or a black character with gold skin. It's just, it's a gold character. Um, I think it's one of those things too, where we get so many reports and everything of like, oh, we're getting this. Right. So here's rumors, here's, rumors, rumors for yeah. MCU. And he was like, no, here's this something has else. no truth behind it. First, I think they should put the character in because that would be awesome. And, and they've they been teased teasing him it for a while, a while, long while. Yeah. Um, second, Whoever they pick is going to have to be, is going to have to sign up to sit in that makeup chair for a while. 
and be happy. Very with true. It. No matter what color you are originally. Very true. You're going to have to, you know, so that'll be interesting. Well, it's funny that you say that because that is a great segue to our mm. next rolling or trolling item. Despite the rumors, Benedict Cumberbatch has zero interest in playing Admiral Thrawn, mainly Ooh. because he has no desire to be in blue makeup for hours on end. Okay. That's an interesting one, given the phrasing. So I'm rolling with understanding that makeup is difficult. <laughs> okay. I'm trolling because if they're going to pay you $40 million, shut up and put the makeup on, number one. Number two, I think he'd do a good job. I was not the biggest Benedict Cumber Cumberbatch fan, but... I think he did an amazing job in Sherlock and I think he did an excellent job in, uh, in Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. And so I've come around on, on I've come around. around. You, and would you say you've become a cumber bitch? You know, listen, I may not, I don't know if I fit in with the cumber biatches, but I am, uh, you know, I'm definitely auditing the class. Let's put it that way. Okay. I'm auditing the class. Um, I, I, was not totally against it when I first heard the rumor. So I am a little bummed that he's not interested because I think he would do something peculiar. Mm -hmm. He would definitely make a choice. Yeah, I think he would probably be, and I don't know much about this character, but mm -hmm. I, I've seen images of what you know people imagine him to look like. And right. uh, I think it looks, it, he looks they like did someone a side by side. Cumberbatch could play. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. and I'd be interested in seeing him be a villain again like he was he was um what's his face in star trek but that was kind of the only right. time that he was a that was villain and like. that was like yeah. a weird movie right yeah, that correct. that they tried to do something that everyone knew they were doing right so like it wasn't this big twist that they thought so that kind of ruined that so i would be interested in seeing him be like a true villain um i think that would yeah. be a cool role for him I could dig that. Um, moving on. Eddie Murphy has said Rolling. in an interview with Live with Kelly and Ryan, and this fits what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, um, Coming to America 3 is already being worked on. However, mm -hmm. he says it wouldn't happen until 16 years yeah, from now I heard because that. he has to be 75 in order to do it. I think it's interesting that that's coming from a guy who like spent the last 30 years building a repertoire of characters of all ages and being every character in a movie <laughs> and wearing makeup. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. He literally plays a bunch of old people exactly. in, in, this in movie. both movies and he, <laughs> he needs to be 75 for it to for him to play for it to work his character as a 75 year old i like i mean i i'm in like i'm already in the bag you know we watch this we're going to talk about it in a minute um it's the number one movie in america for the moment anyway like when it came out so and, yep. and that's what you know when i look on amazon uh that's you know it's like number one in america um it has its flaws I don't know what the world is going to look like 15 years from now. I think this movie was definitely a product of the world we're living in right now. Very fair. Um, so I'm curious. 
but yeah, I'm rolling with it. Good, good for you. I don't mind. I'll wait. I waited 40 years for 30 years for this one. <laughs> so 15 ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll roll with it too, but we'll kind of get into the, the and, how we feel about. And it's not like sequel. all those characters. It's like, Oh yeah. But all these other characters are going to die by the time we get there. But the majority of the characters are him and, and, right. uh, and the whole point, like the part so. of the funny part is that like, they're still the exact same as oh, we saw almost, them yeah. from the eighties. Almost exactly. Um, all right, moving on. I don't know how you're either going to have a lot to say about this or you're just going to want to move on because I'm of intrigued. how ridiculous it is. I'm intrigued. They have cast the three main roles for the upcoming CW show, which okay. is a live action Powerpuff Girls. <sighs> All three cast members are adults, including Chloe Bennett, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., probably okay. the most notable lost actress. Me. Chloe Bennett's lost on me. Don't know who she is. So, but that, that's the most well-known they've got? Yes, a, an actress who is the star of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. I'm trolling this. And I'm going to keep my comments classy. I have a lot to say. I left the two that are going to frustrate <laughs> you the most for the, the end. end. This is one of two. I will, I will, I will provide my feedback <sighs> in the form of s- story problems. Okay. Okay. It's Powerpuff Girls. And Correct. the idea was, if I remember correctly, because I would see snippets of this after uh, Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, it was a cartoon that was, was on right. when we were yeah. children. So after we our cartoons familiar. would end, this would come on and, and you know, you couldn't help but catch a couple minutes. The, the opening credits, Sugar and Spice, and he made them. and they. Oh, yeah, he did the whole thing. So haven't we taken enough in society away from like the female population can't we give them like cast three young stars go you know go to broadway pick three of the girls that are waiting to play annie on broadway and throw them in this show (laughs) like that's the whole point make them like young sheldon Uh, obviously you can build a show around a younger character malcolm in the middle three young you know i think too i think this show if i'm remembering like what i headlines that i've read and stuff is it's like and I could be completely wrong because I haven't like actually read any of these articles. I've just like scrolling through Twitter and I see yeah. a tweet about it and I keep going. It's like they're the adult for like they're the Powerpuff girls all grown up and what they would be like when they gr- got older. Who cares? Uh, who who right. was watching Powerpuff Girls as a child right. and then saying to themselves Gee, I need a dark, gritty Powerpuff yeah. version of Powerpuff Girls on the CW. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how would the blue Powerpuff Girl handle a bad mortgage loan? No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. It's like, oh, the one, the one crime superpowers can't help you with taxes. No, like enough. This is uh, and stop. Just yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trolling the show as well. I, I don't get it. But they could do something fun. By casting like three young girls and making it a 
like a like a teen show, like a like a preteen show or something. Right. For like, put it on at three o'clock. You get home from school, everybody watches that show or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just like a Boy Meets World of Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. So I don't know. That's ridiculous. Um, that's more Powerpuff Girl talk than I'd ever. Than I've ever than I've done in the I last ten years, ten to twelve um, years. Lastly, Peter Pan and Dumbo okay. have been removed from the child profiles on Disney Plus. So what this means is, if you have a like, if your child has an account on Disney uh-huh. Plus, they can't go and watch the movie. But if you have an account, you can allow them to watch the movie because you're an adult. And and did they give a reason, sir? Well, due to the highly racist I- images and scenes from the two, there's you have in Dumbo, you have the p- portrayal of the crows that are in it. They haven't ch- edited the movies, right. but they've just changed people's ability like how easy it is for a child to access it on their own like a child can't access it on their own now it's something that has to be filtered through an adult so you have the crows in um dumbo Dumbo, and then you have the uh native american portrayal in peter pan what are your thoughts sir i will tell you my thoughts i'm curious so i think the reason why, again, this is a quote-unquote big deal or a deal at all is, again, for, for the sake of faux cancel culture. And here's why. There are people that are going to say and moan and cry, now they've taken away Peter Pan and Dumbo and canceled Peter Pan and Dumbo. Right. Cancel right. culture strikes mm-hmm. again. All sure. this stuff. One, not canceled at all. Uh-huh. The movies still exist. Right. And not only do they still exist, they still exist in their original form with all of the images that are okay. a concern still intact Fair with enough. those movies. All they've done is made it a parental control item. So just like a child can't see a rated R movie on their own, in this case, it is just being filtered through their parent or adult figure um, before they watch it. There's no saying that someone who's upset with this can't go and show them these movies anyways. It's still available. For anyone to see. It's just a child can't on their own without knowing what they're getting into go and watch it themselves. Here's what I'll say to you. Okay. If the child does not have the wherewithal to click the left button on the adult profile when the thing comes up on screen and only clicks their button then they don't have the understanding to comprehend what is offensive about anything. That could be true. I'm curious to how it all works because, you know, in a couple of years, it's something that I'm going to be 
well, dealing sure. with. So sure. I wonder how uh, I haven't had to learn how parental controls work on all these things yet, mm-hmm. just because there's, I don't know if there's special passwords or like things of that nature that mm-hmm. do it, but um, I'm, I'll be interested to see how, how it's going to work in a couple of years for, you know, here, my kid. Here are my thoughts. I think it's ridiculous. Like, it's just another thing of it's, it, it's unnecessary. There was no outcry. It's unnecessary. Uh, we've all watched these shows. I'm less offended by the portrayal of Native Americans in uh, a fake cartoon movie than I am at their actual treatment in history. Like, I, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. I, I feel like start laser focusing on real problems, not fake problems. You want to solve some of these issues, advocate for some of these issues. Like, you know, start actually having conversations that matter. Um, so I don't know. That's just, that's my thing. Like, I just don't I, see this as a, I would agree with that. Like I would say issue. point to Disney, like that's fine if you're going to do this, but now mm-hmm. show that same kind of initiative in other ways, like actually, right. like you say, be an advocate, like donate to these causes, like make sure that your hiring practices are correct. Like right. make sure that you're helping with, uh, systematic uh, issues in our country, whether it's at the workplace or in the government or in just in our society in general, like make sure you're doing more than just the, the minimum, like this, this is the minimum for them. Like this is something that they probably should have, like it took them so long just to acknowledge any of the wrongs in those movies, let alone, do anything about it so like and put your you money where your mouth faux is cancel culture this is faux wokeness it could it, it and you know what i would i yeah. i can see the argument for both and i don't see why it can't be both to be honest yeah. with you i so. think it could be folk cancel faux cancel culture and i think it could be faux wokeness i i'm listen one thing about businesses when you look at it, especially someone like Disney who owns ESPN, you look at ESPN where a, a handful of years ago, mm-hmm. people were up in arms when they were showing, and I don't want to get like too political. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, I'm sure. about to go down that road. People were, uh, whether whatever you feel about Colin Kaepernick or not, mm-hmm. people were up in arms with the Colin Kaepernick situation. You had that, and ESPN has, has, TV deals with the NFL. So they're reporting. Sure. You didn't know what was going on there. Then you had when Trump was president, you had um, basically a mandate by ESPN that the workers of ESPN were not allowed to discuss politics unless it was in relation to sports. And so yes. you had certain interesting idea people that were working for ESPN that thought that politics were very much involved in sports and they should always be able to talk about it. And in one case, there was a, um, a reporter TV personality. She was the host of sports center. She tweeted out again, this was her tweet in her words. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is a white supremacist, right? 
and she got suspended for that tweet. Now, now ESPN is always showing political kind of narratives, commentary, and you have social societal commentary and and racial injustice commentary, and it's embedded in in things that they do. And that's only a couple years time because when Jamil Hill was tweeting about it, it wasn't making them money, and now it is. Okay, all right, interesting point. So like same thing, it could the same probably could be said by the parent company of ESPN with their Disney Plus actions. Like, yeah, it probably makes them more money doing something like this nowadays than it would have then, even a couple of years ago. That's fair. That's fair. I could see that. Ah, <sighs> rabbit hole. Went right down rabbit the rabbit hole. hole. I don't yeah, I don't want to I don't people. want to go down that rabbit hole. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. Let's let's talk about some fun stuff. Coming to America and coming the number two America. America. Which I think is genius. uh, Coming number two America. Let's work backwards. Let's talk briefly about, well, let's talk about coming the number two America. Okay. Here's my thing. We watched both. Actually, we can just combine them all together. Let's let's talk about both and and compare them both right, right off the bat. I had fun watching the second one. I did not have as much fun as I did watching the first one. Okay. Which tends to happen. Sequels are inferior films yeah. with very few examples, with very few exceptions to that rule. But the sequel, I feel like they settled. It was PG 13. The first one was a hard R. They still had some racy scenes. They still kind of, uh, you know, use some language in there. And I'm not saying you have to curse in order to be funny, but this is, uh, and, and here's an interesting question for you. This, I would consider this um, Eddie Murphy's baby. Like of all his movies. Okay. You know, very famous for uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Be- Be- very famous for um trading places okay i'm a huge Mm -hmm. fan of harlem nights and i don't think that movie gets enough credit but coming to america seems to be the one everybody goes back to so i feel like he he should have leaned into it harder and really tried to be 1984 whenever that movie came out eddie murphy Yep. I thought he was hysterically funny. Um, he, you know, he did his kind of modern shtick and threw in some of the older stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maintain that accent well through the whole thing. But I don't know. There was just something. There was something. There was an element missing. Maybe it's time. Maybe the element was time. I think partly that. I think too. Like, it's kind of weird because I feel like. I didn't get that much Eddie Murphy. Right. Now, I agree. I think he I think he stepped aside 
to let this other story kind of happen. Right. But at the same time, like, I feel like that story wasn't that like impactful either. If that makes right. sense. I feel like this movie couldn't decide on what which, it wanted to be. So on what it wanted to be on which story it wanted to be. Did it want right. to tell the, the story of a now aged King or did it want to tell the story of his successor? And um, I, you know, I, I think that was a big problem with the movie. Um, I thought, you know, Jermaine Foster is the um, is the actor son who the actor right who plays the son. And you know, I don't know if he. I've never seen him in a movie prior to this interestingly enough i think he did um, a good job i thought he was doing. i thought he was yeah. fine um but you know i i don't know if like maybe as they were watching it or making it they were like ah he's he's not eddie like right. it's such big shoes to fill like he can't be your like next person and it was all it's with a movie like this where it's like about your successor like there's real life implications to that too like if when you're someone like eddie murphy like someone like eddie Eddie murphy Murphy. and you're making a movie about your successor yeah it also should be like who your successor is going to be in in real life in In comedy and sure like maybe it makes a little bit more sense even though we get so much of him with like a kevin hart but like i was thinking that too i i don't think that really fits but mm-hmm. I think it would make if if there was a talent out there that it's like, oh, he's the next big thing. He's the next Eddie. Like, it's just like and I hate to say like it sounds like I'm yeah. bashing no, this other you. guy, but he's just not like, no, it's not the right. I don't fit. think it sounds like you're bashing him. Yeah, I, I follow you. I agree. I don't think like I think he did a good job for not really being agreed. A, a, I think he did an pretty good actor, yeah. quote unquote. I think he did a great job, but. You nailed it right on the head. Like that was my problem with this. It was, it didn't know what it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of all over the place and, and just moving along for the sake of moving along. I think, and when I said earlier, I, th- like, I think it's a product of the time. So like the original story was, he just wants to love who he wants to love. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's it. Like that was the only story they were telling. Um, you know, he threw in Mortimer and Duke from trading places. Like, remember, he gives them like the money on the street because yep. now they're broke. And then there's the character. There's uh, like an Eddie verse, basically. Yeah. So I love that. Like, I love that. Yeah. Great job. But now it's like they're changing the laws of Zamunda to have, you know, female successors and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, fine, noble idea. But that's now on top of, well, we're finding a male heir and going there and he wants to love who he wants to love. And it's the same thing as like, if it's me, it was too much. Just tell this like, yeah, it was too much. Tell the simple story. Cause the other thing is like, okay, you're, you have this whole, like, um, who's going to be the actual successor plot line, right? Is it going to be his daughters or is it going to be the, the, his bastard son son, that he has to find that he conveniently has for the sake of this plot point. Exactly. Uh, why not tell the story of him and his daughters and his daughters wanting yeah, to leave it? Cause essentially they're like f- funny enough. Like you want to have uh-huh. this, like 
talk about like a woke moment, right? Where like, oh, you're going to change the rules so your daughter can be your successor. But the movie isn't about that. The entire movie is about your son. So like the whole like theme of the movie is for him, like his daughter should be able to qualify as the queen and be the successor. But the movie doesn't even focus on the daughter. It focuses, uh, puts all the focus on the son instead and of her, who I thought she did a great job. She did a I great thought she job was too. really good. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Uh, I thought we were going down the same rabbit hole as the original, which I was fine with because she didn't want to marry uh, Wesley Snipes' son. Yes. So I'm like, all right, I'm good with that. Yep. That's fine. Let's do this. We can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's her story. Like, I have no problem you know, with that angle, instead of a son, it's her, but, but then they abandon that. So now you've got, you've got, she doesn't want to, you know, she wants to marry who she wants to marry. The son wants to marry who she wants to marry, which is all who he has married, which is all based off the first movie. There's the wokeness going on in Zamunda. There's, you know, the battle between Wesley Slipes Nextoria, which I thought Mm -hmm. was hysterical. Yep. Uh, and, and, and Zamunda, you know, uh, it was too much. They should have just leaned into what they were doing best because because all the things, all the moments Eddie was in were funny. Yeah. Like when he's in the barbershop, when mm-hmm. Arsenio's doing his character as the, uh, the uh, minister, when Eddie's dealing with um, uh, James Earl Jones. Like it's all good. It's all funny. And or John a- Amos, uh, McDowell's, it's all that's all brilliant, but yeah, give me more, like, give me more. Well, yeah, and the, uh, the other missed opportunity, too, is uh, to your point, you yeah. you thought that he was like he was going back to New York and then he just comes right back to Zamunda, right? He's just in Zamunda, right back. yeah. When you look at at least to me, the big three Eddie Murphy movies, his best movies, Beverly Hills Cop, absolutely, Trading Places, and Coming to America, right? Yes. The thing that binds those three, and it's something that like Eddie Murphy is so unbelievably, unbelievably good at, are basically fish out of water stories. Yeah. It's where you take Eddie Murphy and his character out of wherever it is he's familiar with and put him in an environment that he's not used to. And that is where he's the funniest. So you have in coming to America, he's a Zamundan prince. He comes to New York and it's hilarious because he's a prince in like Queens, New York. Yes, You take the poor character. I forgot the character's name in trading places and you make him rich. You take the, uh, Axel Foley, that was his name Axel in Beverly Foley? Hills. Yeah, oh, yes. Axel Foley from Detroit, and you put him in Beverly Hills. Perfect. Like things like that, that is where Eddie Murphy shines the most in his movies. And coincidentally, those are his best movies. Yes. So, like, missed opportunity for the sequel to do something similar. Right. Cause it's been 30 years. So, New York is different. New York is very different. I like, could have, I've, I could have spent two hours following Eddie Murphy around New York, like that around been like fine New, Br- like like Brooklyn, where it's all yes. like hipster and gentrified now. Yes. Like, what? Why not? Why not that? That would have been hilarious. No, absolutely. And they gave us like a brief moment of that 
when right. he does go to visit, but like that was it. And then they so, take it. Yeah. I, I you know, not my favorite movie. I, I wasn't that mm. big on it. I don't think it's anywhere close to the first coming America. Like Coming America too, it was fine watching it the one time, like it passed the time by it, you know, I was funny enough, whatever it was, but I just yeah, I, I'm like I won't go out of my way to see it again. You know, it's just it's right. something that exists. No, that's the thing. Now. I'm you not know, going it's... out of my way. Yeah, it exists. Which is unfortunate. I'm okay with it. I'm all right. Because the the first one is so good. Should we end on what's so great about the first one? And like I kind of touched upon it a little bit already with his kind of fish out of water story and stuff like right. that. But we do want to talk about the first one as well because we rewatched that too and we've been right. kind of comparing back and forth. Well, let's talk about what we love so much about the about first the one. first one. I mean, that's all right. So that's the whole thing. The first one is not a family movie. No. So I that was another thing. I was like, why are we making the sequel a family movie? Because a family would have no like would have no background. Because they haven't seen the first one, and they can't not, because they can't see it. You can't take right. your child to see it. Like I, I saw it when I was younger, but that was a product of bad judgment. Um, <laughs> and I loved it, but it was it was one of those movies where it's like, oh yeah, you're not supposed to watch it, but let's you know, let's watch it. Let's you know, it's yeah, this, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Eddie Murphy's cursing, he's doing this. Um, so the first one, like you said, Fish Out of Water, amazing. The cast: James Earl Jones, John Amos. Uh, uh, um, Arsenio Hall. Um, it is out of this world. A young Cuba Gooding Jr. sitting in the barbershop. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be in the barbershop again, getting a haircut um, in, the stack, in the sequel. Like there's things sprinkled in. The, the creation of an Eddieverse with Mortimer and Duke. It's, it was so equal parts heartfelt and raunchy. Yes. And you don't often get that. Like that's not, you know, they try with movies like uh, um, The Ugly Truth, that Jared Butler thing, yep. um, you know, where it's raunch, it's a little raunchy and it's, you know, it's this love story, rom-com, but that's really more a rom-com. Coming to America is not a rom-com in my mind. He falls no, in like love it has rom-com elements. Like it might yeah. be part rom-com, but it's mostly like, it's much more comedy than absolutely anything absolutely so uh, that's my feelings on it like the first one was an excellent film it knew what it wanted to be it knew what it was accomplishing and and it knew what it was making fun of yes. so oh uh, uh samuel L. jackson i left him out yes he's in it too yeah and i love that they brought back uh oh man the big guy that was the he's still working yeah, and he sings She's your queen. Yes, to be. <laughs> I know. And then the other, the other big, uh, larger fella. He's a. Oh man, it'll come to me by the end of this. It'll come to me. But, um, it's like they did all these things. They told the story. It was so funny. They were making fun of corporations, the McDonald's of it all. Yep, McDowell's. McDowell's. They were making fun, or not even making fun, but like drawing attention to. Uh, a community in this part of New York, yep. what this community was like and, and taking it to an extreme so, mm -hmm. so as to make it funny. 
and I felt like that was another thing that was missing in this in the sequel. It's like, you know, take me to a community. Show me there what, was a like there know. was a uh, familiarity and understanding of that community that Eddie Murphy had in the first one. That I guess that he is anymore. missing in the second one yeah. because like right. he's not from somewhere called Zamunda or anywhere right. similar to it. He was from New York. So he had an understanding of what was funny about New York. And in this, Absolutely. he was just like, oh, well, we saw Black Panther. So we'll just make yeah, this like right. Wakanda and like, I don't know, try to make up some funny stuff about it, which was like, no, like go with go with what, you know. Um, right. Yeah, Me I will say about the sequel, though, one thing I loved was Wesley Snipes. Oh, man, he was Let incredible. He made me laugh. He actually made me laugh. Yes. Yeah. You know he what is funny. sad? Wesley Snipes is truly underrated as an actor. So like underrated. He's, he's peculiar in life, apparently. Like he's got some strangeness going on. But, like, take the seriousness of Blade and then take the polar opposite of that in Tu Wan Fu, Thanks for the Memories, Julie Newmar, where he plays a drag queen with uh, Crazy Swayze, Patrick Swayze, mm -hmm. and um, uh, John Leguizamo. That movie is brilliant, hysterically funny. Wesley Snipes is a highlight of that film. And it's, it's, that's range. Like when they say range of an actor, you like, I, I didn't realize when I was a kid, I was watching the same actor. Like <laughs> I saw that two on Fu movie and then I saw blade within like a year or two of each other, you know, from when I saw them, not from when they came out. And, and it took me till I was a few years older to realize, Oh my God, that's the same guy. That's these, this is the same person doing both yeah, those, yeah, yeah, those yeah. characters. It's genius. He can, he can do a lot and he's really funny. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, so that does it for us for this week. Yes. Um, good episode. Thank you all for joining us. We are excited for next week to discuss Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to do some more rolling or trolling. And in lieu of suggestions, we are going to watch the Snyder Cut, all four hours of it. All four. And and discuss all four. Hopefully it doesn't take us four hours to talk about it. Um, it's strangely enough, it's been getting good reviews. It's got nowhere to go, but, but up. up. So okay. let's see how we feel about it. Um, we're gonna discuss all of it next week. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast and haven't subscribed to us yet, please do so. We are on all podcast platforms including Neil's website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com. Um, please visit his site and uh, rate and review wherever it is that you are listening to our podcast. We would really appreciate it. Until next time, what do we got to say to the people, Neil? Stream on. <laughs>